Let me see you put them up. Reach the sky, touch the stars up above, cause it's one time for the underdog. I'm Patrick Medivh, host of Valuetainment, and today I'm gonna talk to you about how to raise money as an entrepreneur. Let's get right into it. Question number one, okay? 10 questions you gotta ask. Question number one, should you even raise money today? Should you? Because a lot of times some company ideas may not be a big idea. You may have a small idea that you can go out and pretty much bootstrap it yourself. So should you raise money today? That's one. Number two, if you weren't able to go get the money, how would you make the business work? I hear a lot of people say, I'm telling you, if I don't get the money, this thing's not gonna work. If I don't get the money, this thing's gonna fail. So how would you make this idea work if you got no money from anybody? Because by the way, if you can answer that, angels and VCs are more interested in your business because no matter what, you're gonna find a way to make your business work. The third question is, how will the money be used? A lot of times it's easy to ask for money, but many times I think that the, the, the innovator, the idea person only thinks about themselves and sometimes the best way to how to communicate with the people that have the money is if you were this person if you were this person would you give money to your idea having all the information and wouldn't you want to know on how the money is going to be used do you have the answer to that question a lot of people don't so you got to be able to say if you were to give me seven hundred thousand dollars here's how the money would be used if you were to give me fifty thousand dollars here's how the money would be used if you were to give me twenty five thousand dollars i'm simply making a prototype so i can go and approach them so i can show this prototype and the prototype company that i found costs eighteen thousand dollars six thousand is designed but if you have that i will take you seriously if, if you're approaching me number four what's an ideal investor for you look like say you have the perfect investor who is that person for you? Is it smart money? Is it somebody that's involved? Is it somebody that just an idea? Is it a contact? Is it a connection? Is it a relationship you're looking for? Is it a certain community I'm in? Do I need to be in Silicon Valley? Because you want somebody that's gonna connect you with somebody that used to work at Google? What does an ideal investor look like for you? Number five, are you willing to go big and lose control or do you wanna have full control of your business? Because whenever you ask for money, there comes a lot of other things. These are people that are not giving you money, saying, oh, okay, you lost it, it's okay, don't worry about it, you're so sweet, you're so awesome. These are sharks you're dealing with. They don't care about your feelings, they don't care about your family. They don't sit there and say, how's your little baby doing? Here's what they care about. I give you a million dollars, I expect 10 million dollars within five to seven period. What are we gonna do to de deliver this money? So if you don't want that kind of a relationship, you want full control, maybe it may not be an idea to go out and raise money. Next, are you okay with accountability? Let me explain what I mean by uh, accountability. It is not the easiest thing for entrepreneurs to take orders from other people, but that's what they're gonna be telling. It's not necessarily orders, but they're gonna be kinda looking for you being nimble and being willing to listen because there's nothing worse than a relationship being bad between the investors and the entrepreneur and the team because once there's friction here, listen, there's a lot of ways the investors can make your life a living hell, absolutely a living hell, and sometimes the entrepreneur says, they can't do that, I have their money and all this other stuff. Believe me, there's many, many ways they can make your life a living hell, so can you handle accountability? Have you done enough research about the industry you're getting involved in? I had a guy come up to me the other day. This was so funny. Real nice guy. He says, uh, I have this great idea. I said, what's the idea? He says, I'm thinking about creating a company that allows me to go out there and 
you know, uh, 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 do uh, auto detailing, but I'm going to do auto detailing mobile. So you simply, it's like Uber, you request it, and I come to you, I say, is there anybody doing this? No one's doing it in the marketplace. I'm the first one in the market. I say, you're serious. No one is doing this in the marketplace. And I said, let me go out there and do some research. So I go out there and start like, what are you talking about? There's 15 other people I found. I contacted this guy. He's been in the market. This guy's raised this much money. Look at this link. Look at that link. Look at this thing. Oh, I had no idea. See, what I did with that guy, I will never listen to any of his ideas because he didn't respect my time and he didn't do research for what he was doing with his business. If you do do some research, for instance, if you approach me and says, there is seven people that are doing this. This guy's doing this. That guy's doing this. This guy's doing this. That guy's doing this. I'm going to sit there and say, oh, wow. Okay. I'm taking you seriously. And this is the research I've done. This is what I found. These are the, I'm, I'm, I'm being willing to listen to you. So make sure you do a lot of research with your idea before you go in front of investors. Eight, how unique and different is your idea? What is your main differentiator? We're not necessarily, I'm not looking for everything to be different. I'm not looking for the perfect, like what was really different about Facebook over MySpace. MySpace had music being played and Facebook didn't have it. So what is the real differentiator between Facebook and MySpace? Well, it's a social media site like MySpace. No, it's kind of different. It allows you to stay in contact with your peers like MySpace. It's not a perfect thing you're looking for, but there's got to be a certain place uh, that there is a differentiator that you have. My, I, I'm LinkedIn. What's LinkedIn? It's kind of like, is it LinkedIn? No, it's purely business professionals, and we're going to have a monthly membership. Okay, cool. I'm getting a better idea about what you're talking about. So there's got to be a differentiator and unique positioning that you're having. Number nine. Have you done the math? Sometimes the math is what's off. So I'll hear people say, well, I'm looking for a quarter million dollars and uh, the valuation of the company is, you know, a million dollars and I'm giving you 40% for a quarter million dollars. Uh, you, what do you mean 40%? Well, I'm giving you 40% quarter million dollars. That's not kind of how this thing works. Where did you get the math from? So you got to understand how the math is as well. So it's very basic. If the company's worth four, I put one dollar. The company's now worth five. I own one on five, which is 20%. Make sense? It's not one on four, 25%. It's one on five after I give the money. So you got to have the math down when you tell me what it is, because the moment you miss that, you know, I question the, the investor is going to say, uh, if this guy doesn't know how to do basic math on how much it's going to be, is he going to be able to do basic math when it comes down to running out of uh, money? And if they run out of money, what happened to my money? I lose my money. You go out of business. I'm not getting returns. So basic math. And last but not least, uh, uh, this, is, this is sometimes more relevant when you're talking to venture capitals than angels, but it can be also relevant to angel, angel investors, is are you building to sell? So how soon are you planning on selling this company, right? Is it something that you're building because you want to keep it forever? And a lot of people do that. That's okay. So I need to know as the investor when I'm getting out. And are you building a company because you're planning on selling within a five to seven year period? There's a sweet spot that VCs have. They like five to seven years. Remember, the sooner they get their money out and the higher the return they get, that's the perfect world for them. So if I give you a million and I get seven million in five years, guess what? Seven X in five years, I'm in heaven. I'm in a good place. If I give you a million, I get three X in 10 years, I'm not happy because I could have used my money in a different place to get return. So it's purely a mathematical formula. So what is your position? Do you want to sell? Do you want to keep what it is? What is it that you're doing? So when you do approach an angel or a VC, 
and you've done proper research, you will know they like to buy companies that are built to sell, or they like to buy, I met with a guy here, billionaire in Dallas, he came and visited my office two weeks ago, and they don't like to buy companies that are built to sell. They like to buy companies that are real solid businesses, bringing value to the consumer, employee, staff, executive, all the team, and it stays, so it's a long-term income that they're generating. They don't want to build to sell. So if you approach them about a build to sell idea, they're not gonna be that interested. Again, those are 10 questions you ought to ask yourself before even thinking about raising money. It's a big mistake people make without answering those 10 questions. So now let's get right into it. Six different methods on raising money. Number one, very basic, bootstrapping. What is bootstrapping? I'm using my own money to start my business. This is my own money that I'm using. Where am I gonna get the money from? Now there are different places you can get your money from. One is cash savings. That is probably the best way for you to do it. Just cash savings you're getting. Another one is that you hear about a lot nowadays is ROBS. Uh, it's called Rollover Business Startup Capital. I think it's Rollover for Business Startups is what ROBS stands for, literally R-O-B-S which means you have $300,000 in your 401k. And typically, if you take money out of your 401k, you're gonna have to pay the taxes on it, and you may pay paying the penalties if you're under the age of 59 and a half. So what do you mean, I can take the money out? Yes, there's a way of doing it. Talk to your accountant where you can take that money, put into your business, not pay any taxes or the penalties, but you have to start a 401k to be able to use that as an investment capital. You know, there are some pros and cons to it. I don't recommend it, but there are some people that do recommend it. And then there's HELOCs where some people take money out of their mortgage and they get a home equity line of credit, low interest rate. I take that money and I fund my business at $700,000 of equity in my company. I'm taking $250,000 to fund my business. And as some do with credit cards, which is absolutely pathetic, there's a lot of people out there that will recommend you to finance your business with credit cards. Matter of fact, there is guys that literally will go and sell you the idea of, I have 50 credit cards here, it's $400,000, and guess what? If I use this money and it fails, it's not my problem, it's the bank's problem. The banks have all this money, who cares? I'll file bankruptcy and come back up. Terrible idea to buy into. It's shysters who wanna make money off you and the banks, and quite frankly, that's somebody that's not thinking long-term, because if you ever wanna build a massive company, guess what, you gotta be thinking about that one day, I may be needing a big bank to give me 600 million or 300 million or that type of money, I ought to start building those relationships now. But bootstrapping the basic way, it's your own cash. You take the money, you start the business. That's one of the ways I did it. Now, one of the reasons why people do that is the following reason. You get to keep control longer, and you get to have a better proven product, so when you go to investors, you have something to show for, right? That's the formula I took for myself uh, on one of my businesses. So it's bootstrapping, your own money, your own savings, you're on the line, the investor says, if this guy put his life savings into it, guess what? He's serious. I took the approach of putting my entire life savings into it, I grew the company, and then I got an investor, Oscar De La Hoya, Gabriel Brenner, who is the uh, first Mexican board sports owner uh, in America. He owns the Houston Dynamo and Adelaide Group. Adelaide Group is a good sized fund out of New York. It's a $5 billion fund. Then and I went and got an eight-figure check from these guys on raising money, but I had proven track record on what the numbers were looking like. That's bootstrapping, right? You keep more equity, you give up less later on when you ask for money. Okay, so the second way you can raise money is a traditional loan from a bank, or some call it the SBA loan. Now, this used to be more common back in the days 
Uh, but the banks are not as loose with their money today as they used to be. Now, what will work for you with these banks is four different criteria they'll, they'll typically look for. A steady income, a 700 plus credit score, equity in your home, and a last but not least, industry experience and expertise. Obviously, you gotta bring your business plan, and the SBA program has two different things in America. One is called the community uh, program that they have, which is up to a quarter million dollars they'll give you, and then the other one is a micro loan, which is $50,000. I think you gotta give 30% down payment up front for them to be willing to do that. Is that way to go? It's the slowest, just so you know, and it's, uh, it's just, it's not a fast process you're going through. It's the least likely, and it's very slow, very annoying to go through that route, but it is one of the routes to go to uh, on raising money. Number three is crowdfunding. What are we talking about with crowdfunding? Crowdfunding is this whole thing with, you know, GoFundMe, Kickstarter, Indiegogo. There's so many great crowd, crowdfunders out there. And what crowdfunding is, is exactly what it says. Crowd, audience, large audience, funding your idea. You go onto these websites, it works typically if you have a prototype product, and you say, here's my prototype product. This is when I said earlier, the guy who goes and raises $25,000, you know, $18,000 for the actual product, $7,000 for the design, and then he takes this idea and puts it on a video and says, here's what this does. This does this, 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 that, okay? And here's what we're asking for. Level one, you be the first one to get it. Level two, this. Level three, this. Level four, and if you wanna be an investor, Level five, $100,000 gets you 2% ownership in a company, 5% ownership in a company, and a board seat. Whatever, you can do that part uh, with some of these uh, 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 sites you go to. You know, we had an issue that happened. You saw uh, J.J. Watt uh, from Houston, Texas, started a little, wanted to raise a couple hundred thousand dollars for what happened in Houston after Harvey, the hurricane that hit, ended up being a 40 plus million dollar fund. Small account, it spread one wildfire. A linebacker turned this thing into a $40 million fund that he gave to Houston. We started off with one of our guys was raising small amount of money, we're a couple thousand dollars to help Houston. All of a sudden we got it to $55,000 and we helped so many families with their cars, homes. So it's not that hard to do it today, especially with the access to Facebook, Twitter, social media, Snap, Instagram. It's a lot easier to raise money uh, that way. Fourth is incubators and accelerators. There's a lot of great incubators and accelerators. They differ, some of the incubators allow you to come in. You literally come and they'll give you a little bit of money and you have mentoring, you have people that advise you on what to do with your idea, and they're kind of getting you going. It's a big, typically a big office space. One of the ones we went to was in Boston. You know, they have 300 different businesses there, and you're literally sitting there, hey, I do this, anybody here does this? Yeah, oh, let's collaborate. Hey, I do this, anybody? Yes, let's come. Hey, have you thought about doing this to your side? What about if you do this? Have you thought about contacting these guys? And they give you some money, and it's an incubator accelerator, and eventually the goal is to go out and open up your own office, your own operation, but they're at least getting you going. It works very well with the younger audience. You'll see a lot of, a lot of 18, 19, 22, 23 year olds and incubators, and by the way, there's good ones in SoCal, there's good one in Austin, Texas, New York, Chicago, Florida, nowadays there's ones everywhere. Tennessee, there's a lot of great incubators that you can be a part of. Simply go search incubator, you're 19 year old with a good idea, and you're drop out from college because you're obsessed with your uh, idea that you have and you got three friends, you guys wanna make it work. Type in incubators in your local area, search which one's the best and find out a way to get connected uh, with them. Okay, so now that we've covered the first four, let's talk about the difference between angel investors, which is the uh, fifth one, and then we'll talk about venture capitalists right after that. Angel investor is an individual, wealthy person who made their money and is willing to invest into another entrepreneur. And there's two different types of angels. One is friends and family, that's warm market, 
And the other one is cold market, somebody you don't know. Let's first talk about an angel that's a warm market. Typically, angel is less than a million dollar investment. Many times it's only $25,000, dollars $100,000 that they put into it. Friends and family, okay. So you got a mom, dad, brother, sister, uncle, your best friend's dad who loves you, always saw you there, love the fact that you gave good influence to, your, to his son or you know, your, your girlfriend's father who never had a son that likes you or your boyfriend's father who never had a daughter that likes you. You go up and say, you know, hey, Uncle Johnny, hey, pops, hey, mom, hey, hey, uh, bro, hey, uh, Mr. Jones, look, I have this idea. This is what I want to do. And I'd like to be able to raise some money. I need your help. What do you think about this idea? You go through them. Say, I think I need around. They're going to ask you, what do you think? How much do you think you need? I don't have $50,000. And sometimes the best question to ask is, who do you know that would be willing to help this? I would love for you to be because I'll look up, so much, look, up, look up to you so much. But regardless of what it is, if you can get some of your friends and family that invest into your idea, idea that opens up the willingness of a cold market angel investor to be interested in your idea as well. Now, cold market's slightly different. They, they look forward to see, have the, if you're coming to me, has anybody in your family invested into this? So listen to this, this is what they're gonna say. Have you had anybody in your friend and family invest into the business? Yes, who? My, my father and my girlfriend's uh, uh, father did as well. How much? They gave me $50,000. Okay, cool. Have you put any of your own money into it? Yes, I had $10,000 in savings. I put the whole thing into it. Interesting. Okay, tell me what else you know about this industry. Da, 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 da. Tell me what's the differentiator. Those 10 questions that I asked you, that I told you earlier, you're presenting that to them. Then they say, great, give me a few days. What's your expectation on return? I think we can make 7X on this in seven years. I think we can make this kind of money, this if we do this. No problem, here's $100,000, no problem. Here's a quarter million dollars. Then you're doing the math and negotiation about what it is. And this video is not about the negotiation side. This video is simply about raising money and different ways you can go about doing it. So now that's angel. Now let's talk about venture capital. This is VCs that you're dealing with. These are firms, these are smart people, these are people that have dealt with a lot of different businesses. These are people that have access to incredible resources, contacts, networks. And so when you're dealing with them, you gotta know what they want and what they're looking for. This is when you hear about such and such person had a series A funding of you know, $9 million, $15 million, or they raised this much dollars. It's more than a million dollars. VCs are not coming in for $600,000, they're not coming in for $800,000, they're coming in for real play. Matter of fact, they're offended if you're coming in for a small time number because you know it's a billion dollar fund, $600,000 is gonna do nothing for it. Some of them will have a minimum. I spoke with a guy recently, their minimum is $30 million. They don't even entertain $15 million. They will literally tell you, we're sorry, we're not it, but you can talk to this guy and they'll refer you to somebody. Don't, don't forget to ask somebody who rejects you because you're asking for too little money if they know anybody that's in the market of the amount of money that you're asking for. It's very important for you to be asking that. So, few things. Number one, they want returns in five to 10 years. Some of them will push you for three years, remember that, but you gotta push off three years. Your goal is to get them seven years. Very rarely will you get them 10 years, and here's why very rarely you'll get them 10 years. These are funds that get started, and the fund of a lifespan is 10 years, in the first three years, they're just kind of warming themselves up on who they want to go out there and get. And then once they get it, they're saying, we have seven years, we wait patiently to do this. 
if you can get them at seven years, that's the sweet spot. Next, VCs are looking for 10x returns. That's the number they're looking for. Remember, that is their thinking. And they'll typically tell you, we like our returns to be around 10x is what we're looking for. Okay, great. You know, we like our minimums to be 5x within a five-year period. We like 1x per year. Fair enough. They're going to tell you if you ask them these questions. And matter of fact, they'll be impressed with the fact that you're asking smart questions like that. They want a coachable CEO, and they're looking for a strong team. When, them, when I'm saying strong team, um, they want technical skills. Like, for instance, we have a visionary entrepreneur. He thinks he's going to go out there and take over the world. Great. But do people like working with him? Yes, he's got a technical guy with him that's incredible coding. Here's what he did before in the past, and he used to work with XYZ. Oh, wow. And he has this other guy that's on the board. That da, 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 da. Oh, wow, I like this. So they're looking for the team that you've put together, right? And then uh, uh, an idea key differentiator, we talked about it earlier. And uh, obviously, if you're taking money from a VC, you're committing to pretty much doing something big. Because if you're not, they have zero interest in it if it isn't something big that you're willing to do yourself. So that's venture capitals we're dealing with. So now let's talk about leads. Where do you find these angels and these VCs that you want to be working with? Where do you go about these guys and finding them? Leads, few different places to be thinking about. One is your personal mentors. You literally go to people that you like and you admire and you ask them, who do you know that dot, dot, dot. Remember, if you answer those 10 questions and you go to your personal mentors and advisors to ask them those questions, you're going to get more of a credible person that they give to you. If you have those questions answered, hey, Uncle John, I admire you a lot. You're very successful. Here's where I'm at. This is my idea. This is what I'm looking for. Do you know anybody? They'll typically say, how about myself? If they don't say themselves, they'll say, yeah, you got to talk to Billy. Let me call Billy first. You know, he's a guy that owns an accounting firm. He made his money from this. Let me call him first, see what he tells you. No problem. So number one is people you know, your personal mentors and advisors. Number two is go find an angel list. Get on an angel list. There's a lot of different uh, sites you can literally, if you right now go on Google and type in angel investors list, you'll find it. Venture capitalist list, you'll find it. You will literally find these lists and get on there, you know, uh, look for them. Best angels to be working with in, you know, your city, Austin. Best angel investors in New York. Best angel investors in Memphis, Tennessee, in Nashville, Tennessee. You will generally find them if you look for them. Then another one that works very well, which is quite frankly, pretty simple to do, is local universities. You know, if you went to university, it's even easier because you're like, hey, I'm a USC graduate, I'm looking for this, anybody I can talk to and have a meeting with. Oh, sure, no problem. I'm a UCLA, I'm a, I'm a NYU graduate, I'm a Harvard, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Texas A&M graduate, can I talk to somebody here? Sure, no problem, right? So you can go through that program to find them. And then obviously, last but not least, you always have LinkedIn, you have these websites on ways to communicate with them. So that's leads. Now, how do you approach them, right? So you find seven names. You've done your research. These seven will be very ideal for what you're looking for. How do you approach them? Few things to be keeping in mind. You gotta keep it very, very simple and not a long-winded email that you're sending this person. One of the best things that works when people send me an email is the following. They'll send me an email and they'll say, hey Patrick, I just want you to know, I watched you on an interview you did on this podcast and in minute 17 to minute 18, they'll put a link, you talked about this and it changed the way I viewed business. I really admire you for what you do. A lot of these angels and VCs, these personalities are out there. Either they've written a blog, they've written an article, they're on a video, so it's not hard to find them if you do proper research. So instantly, you got my attention. Oh wow, this guy's a fan. This guy admires the content. This guy's starting with a compliment. 
Line number one. Two, I am a 24-year-old Harvard graduate. I am a 26-year-old USC graduate entrepreneur who has an idea that I want to share with you. Boom. I am an age executive entrepreneur graduate, whatever it is that I have an idea that I want to share with you. Then in one sentence, max two, if you can do it in one, even better. Many times people ask me a question, can I ask you a question about uh, my business? I'll say, ask your question in one or two sentences, max. And they'll respond back in one or two sentences because you can do it. It makes you actually think when I say, ask it in one or two sentences. In one sentence or two, make your request. My idea is dot, 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 dot. So after the idea, you, you want to put a link in there as well to say, here's a link to a website, a video, promo, something that's going to explain to them what it is. And last but not least, you ask them, I would like to meet with you for 10 or 15 minutes to explain to you what it is that I'll be doing. Respectfully, last name, done. That simple email you put out there, they'll respond to that. This is not going to be everybody. So let me explain to you what happens when I get these emails myself. I look at it. And I'll typically click on the link and I'll say, okay, if it's too much information, I'm not going through it. If it's short, I'll briefly look through it. And then I may immediately get busy doing something else. And then I may forget about your email. So you could follow up with me a week later on that email you sent me. Hey, uh, John, I just wanted to follow up with you. By the way, great article you wrote this week. Again, if you see another thing. By the way, great article you wrote this week about this. I just wanted to follow up and see if you were able to look at my email last week. Believe me, I respect your time. I just wanted to follow up with you. An email like that gets my attention and it almost makes me be committed to responding back to you. Because angels and investors also don't want to be somebody that doesn't get back to people who are doing it professionally. They, they won't even take your email seriously if you're not sending an email that's actually formatted properly, if it's too long-winded, if it's copy-paste, if all of a sudden the font changes and it becomes HTML because you wrote it on a completely different platform, then you copy-paste and put it on and they can tell that you're doing copy-paste. I had a guy send me an email and he said, uh, Dear Mark Cuban, I really respect what you are as a businessman. I admire you. And then he apologized and he says, I'm so sorry. I feel so embarrassed. I did a copy-paste email. I meant to say Patrick Bed David. He already lost me and he probably did that to other people. And you can tell he's doing a copy-paste. People know that because they get those emails all the time. So be able to differentiate uh, between those two as you send it to them. Okay, so that's number one way. Uh, on how you send a letter. The best way to get introduced to an angel or VC is somebody else introducing you to them. If you can get another high profile, reputable person, send an email saying, hey John, this is Patrick. I sat down with Billy and I listened to what he had to say and I think this is something that you ought to sit down and listen to as well. If there's any interest, please schedule a time for you and him to get together. But I leave it up to you guys. You are not committed to do this for sending this email. And if you guys communicate moving forward, you don't need to keep me in your emails or CC me. I will leave that up to you guys. Thank you. All the best. Next. I've made those introductions many times. When people ask me to make an introduction to somebody, it happens. Once you do that, you got to be patient. You see, raising money can be a full-time job by itself. And to key to all this is to be patiently aggressive. You got to be aggressive and assertive, yet you got to be patient because the process may take six to 12 months as you're going out there raising money for your business. So uh, everything I covered with you here today is how to go raise your money. But I can tell you above all, 
If you go out there and build a real business, if you go out there and build a real model, if you go out there and prove that your business model works, if you go out there and do it in a way where you're attracting people to you, where investors want to have their money in there, where this is getting to the point where syndicates are begging to say, I also want to get a million in, I also want to get a half a million in, I also want to get this, because all these guys want to be part of your business, then you have more influence and people that want to help your business get to the next level, more context, more introduction, more side edifications, opportunities, all these other things, if you truly focus on building a real legitimate business based on systems that's replicatable, that's scalable, that brings more interest from other people to want to invest into your business. And keep this in mind, I didn't really get into revenue back funding here and mezzanine and what it is to do mezzanine and what happens if you're in a bad place and you're trying to get money but your business is going down, you're not really selling so you need to get money and it's a different kind of money and they negotiate harder. This is not that video, we may do it on another time or we may do it on a private mentoring this is purely an episode to teach you the basics when it comes down to raising money. And last but not least, listen, uh, let's come together and help shift the way people think about business, entrepreneurship, and capitalism because the true vision and mission of Valuetainment is to one day have a world uh, unemployment of 0%. If Bill Gates says he wants to eliminate malaria, we want to eliminate unemployment around the world. And I believe it's possible, it may take us 50 years, it may take a generation or two, but I believe it's possible only if entrepreneurs around the world come together and spread this message to as many people as possible so people see the value and the light of proper, compassionate capitalism. Thanks everybody for listening. And by the way, if you haven't already subscribed to Valuetainment on iTunes, please do so. Give us a five star, write a review if you haven't already. And if you have any questions for me that you may have, you can always find me on Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube. Just search my name, Patrick Bid David. And I actually do respond back when you snap me or send me a message on Instagram. With that being said, have a great day today. Take care, everybody. Bye bye.